0: Welcome to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International.
1: Well, thank you for listening to the Activate podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom, a ministry resource of Journey Church International. My name's Ryan. As always, it's my uh, privilege to get to host and uh, serve as the Connections Pastor here at Journey. Sunday was message three in a new series called Vision Month at JCI. We're in Matthew twenty-five now, and the message is called "A Decade of Decision." Uh, Pastor Christian, thank you for this resource. I know you and I, over the years, we as we've looked at it, you always kind of wonder: is it is it worth it? Uh, I really believe God is using it to impact lives and help strengthen people in their faith. It it encouraged me uh, to see that uh, Activate Podcast has been downloaded nearly twenty-five thousand times in twenty twenty-one, which was. Um, eye opening. You just assume maybe three or four people are listening. Right. Uh so it was really, really cool to see a lot of people are. I mean, you- twenty
0: one thousand of those might be my mom. So <laughs> yeah, yeah there, there might be there might be a couple people listening. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it, it
1: it was encouraging to know that God's using it. Um so welcome to many of you maybe listening for the first time. We're glad you found this resource. We we really do hope it's encouraging to you. We encourage you to always go and check out the sermon. You can watch it on the JCI app, our website or YouTube. Uh, but people tune in all the time to try to grow in their faith. We want to g- always give some really practical ideas for their faith, ways you can activate your faith. Um, Pastor Christian, uh, man, happy 10-year anniversary. It's uh, it's hard to believe. Uh, this weekend marks 10 years uh, since the grand opening of Journey in September of 2011. I know prior to that you had been meeting with uh, people um with just a dream in your heart but for you what are what are the top two to three highlights of the past 10 years
0: oh man so before i answer that yeah thank you to our listeners i think the reason we know that statistic uh this week is because i ask our production team hey is like is anyone listening or should we shut this thing down uh we love to do it i love it you and i are going to have this conversation whether or not it's in a microphone or not um so, I mean, Lindsay's got to, you know, Lindsay, who is our tech today, has to do the hard work of coming in here. Obviously, you got to put together these questions, but we're, like, this is what we're talking about. When we sit backstage, um, before service on Sunday and our pastoral team prays, and then we connect Sunday afternoon after church, or we connect during the week, these are the conversations we're having about our church and discipleship and people. So we're going to talk about this, whether or not anyone's listening or not, um, My question to our team was, but hey, like, do we know if people are still listening? Is this still a valuable resource to anyone? So listeners, we would love to hear from you. Like we'll end today's uh, podcast with a listener question that I was, I was grateful to get because it's like, Hey, I've been listening and I've been thinking, um, and here now is a way i 'd like to engage I, I would love nothing more to engage with our listeners more on questions that they have as they grow in their faith and as they listen questions to activate their faith so uh, yeah i 'm glad our team kept good track and i 'm glad that God is using this uh, in a in a useful way. They say that people in ministry their two favorite things to do are yard work and painting because you can start and finish and you can see it done we You and I will never see. What the finished product of this podcast looks like like Until we get to heaven We'll just never know When that last strip of grass is mowed Or that last corner is painted It's just like ministry And the ministry of discipleship And the ministry of becoming like Jesus It's just never done um, So as a pastor to get to finish something Shut off the mower and say it's done Or to walk out of a room and say it's done It never happens in ministry So uh, for those of you who are listening Thank you As I look back at the last Ten years, Um I mean, I mean, Ryan, that that's almost a hard question to boil down to two or three things. Um, I think the you know the nearly seven hundred baptisms, and that I mean that's seven hundred things, not two or three things. But the constant in those that someone came to journey, uh, they felt like God had been drawing their soul. They heard who Jesus was. They made a spiritual decision. They chose to follow Jesus and went public with their faith. Like That aspect of a decade of ministry that real people are really getting saved and sharing their story and coming forward, I think has just been um, unbelievable. Um, In believing that God's kingdom is still on the move, the 10,000 hours of community service uh, that our church has served in our community— means that it's probably good that we're here. I mean, we, we said we want to be a church for our community, not just in our community and probably, you know, 10,000 hours of community service versus no hours of community services. We, we probably have been a a positive force for good and for God in our community. So, I mean, that, that to me, um, is a, was a, was a big deal to me that our church have good community impact. Um, you know, and, and taken nearly 350 people, um, might, might might've been more than that on global mission trips so far, uh, to know that we're accomplishing the great commission to go all over the world and tell people about Jesus. Like those parts of just being a Jesus follower, not, and we'll talk about it later, not a pastor, but a Jesus follower have, have been huge. Um, for me, um, both of my kids, uh, my 20 year old son, who's at Liberty University, um, getting his biblical studies degree. My uh, daughter will be 18 um, in a in a couple of weeks. Both of them not only have really been called to walk with Jesus closely and been baptized at our church, um, but they both have felt called to ministry. They, uh, they see and love the impact of what is happening in our church. Um, so to have my kid, I mean, uh, Ryan, if, uh, man, if I pastor a church for 10 years, and seven hundred people get baptized and three hundred and fifty people go on mission trips and we serve ten thousand hours of community service and my son and daughter don't love Jesus. Probably I've missed. So to be able to do all that and and have kids that are still walking with Jesus um is 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 huge. And then kind of the faith moments for me um that prove to me that God is both still that God is real and God is working uh, from my trips to Israel. And every time I go to israel uh and and I have a I have a skeptical bent towards me and I, I think a lot of people like our church for that reason because i um you know like there are times I read the Bible and I think come on I, like that couldn't have happened and and I continually have to like stoke the fires of faith um to follow every time I go to Israel there's a part of me that's like, did this really happen and every time I'm there, my faith is like this really happened in this place, and they found this coin with this name from this Bible verse in this spot. like this is real this is real history, so for me, probably the the confirmation over and over and over again of scripture in our seven trips to Israel uh, what God has personally done in my family, and then those behind the scene moments of faith building from um, from buildings we have built to building pledges that Daniel and I have made personally that that were stupid I mean that like that like the Lord spoke into our heart and we're like, that's dumb and impossible, but okay, but like so is every other step of this faith journey. So let's go. And then seeing God work in those ways, like those, those will be some things that probably the intimate details that we don't share publicly, but, uh, but the, those are things that just the fingerprints of God all over our life and our faith story. The last 10 years have been incredible.
1: It has been a really great ride. I was looking through the book they gave you um in our, in yeah, our staff I have not meeting. looked through that yet. It, it's it's yeah. pretty awesome. And I only made it through about a third of the way, but yeah. there is a picture of our sons getting baptized on the same wow. day. Wow. Um and I just think, you know, they're 2 years apart. They're like brothers and, yep. and yeah, just um to see the growth in each of their lives and and uh, and our kids love Jesus and they love church and and that more so than anything else is like, okay, good. They yep. they want to be here on Sunday. They want to yep. be here on Wednesday
0: night yep um, they don't hate the institution no. they believe that done right it works yeah. and i think they'll serve jesus and his bride his church the rest of their life i really believe that
1: yeah amen um thank you i'm glad you invited me i'm glad we had uh, breakfast at neighborhood cafe and, i uh, and
0: everyone listening to this podcast yeah. and everyone at our church is grateful you said yes yeah. um Yeah, so thank Heather for us because I'm sure she's had more moments of what did we do than you in industry. (laughs) What are we doing? But but no, she 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 loves it too.
1: But yeah, I still think of that, and uh, it'd be ten. Ten years ago, just in the last couple of weeks. That yeah, we
0: passed that anniversary in August. We did, yeah. yes. Oh. So uh
1: in the message, you talk about your personal journey and how Matthew 25 impacted you deeply. Why, why do you think this passage had such a profound impact on you?
0: So, Ryan, I've looked at some of the pictures of the last ten years, and we are getting old. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like, yes, like, we like are. The, the two people sitting at this table, we are... Um, like, I didn't even own a pair of sunglasses, much le- less a pair of real glasses. But like, I, c- I can't read the screen without them anymore. Like, um, we are getting old. 30 snuck up on me. Um, and I got to 30 unplanned. Like, I I got to 30 and thought, how did I get here so fast? And is this where I would have wanted to end up if I would have thought about it at 20? And the answer was No. Um, I did not like. I just, I just didn't. I didn't like where I was spiritually. I didn't like what I was pursuing spiritually. I didn't like the, the spiritual things that that had become um, routine for me, and those things that had become absent in me. And I was in full time ministry. Like I'd been in full time ministry for almost a decade, but um, but being a pastor had swallowed up my walk with Jesus. Working at a church had swallowed up. Living in the kingdom, and I got to thirty and thought, I don't, um, I don't want to get unplanned to forty. I want the next decade to count. So I made a decision at thirty. Um, I saw myself at forty and thought, who do who do I want to be? And I wanted to, I wanted to be the servant of Matthew twenty-five that Jesus said, "Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things." And the few things that I wanted to be faithful with in my 30s, more faithful within my 30s than my 20s, where my personal walk with God, daily time in the Word, daily time in prayer, just becoming the man and the person that that God had created me to be. I wanted to do better as a husband and as a father uh, because often ministry had come first and family had come second in my 20s because my family was so young and it was so easy. And you just thought you could like do that later because they, you know... It, it like thirty just snuck up on me. It's like, whoa, here like here we are. um I knew that I wanted to live in spiritual community um you know the, the, my twenties were just the very beginning of kind of the social media craze, but if you wonder what ministry is like without healthy spiritual community, it's like having a thousand Facebook friends but not one real friend. uh It's like you know everyone in the church and everyone knows you, and a lot of people need you um as a pastor. But not as a person. You don't, you don't have a lot of friends. You don't have a lot of community. You don't laugh together or do things together. You don't have that part of your soul that gets built by iron, sharpening iron and just, you know, being there when each other falls down. Um, and I wanted to do the real specific parts of Jesus mission of helping hurting people. Um, and, and literally fulfilling the great commission by going all over the world. Like I, I was 30 and had not really taken a, an international mission trip. I thought, man, how have I worked? Like, how's my job been at at a church for nearly a decade, and I've not gone on a missions trip? Like, aren't isn't every Christian supposed to like go all over the world telling people about Jesus? And I, and I just i I'm, I'm going to have a reset, and I'm going to live my life for those things: my walk with God, my marriage, my family, spiritual community, and then just really living on mission in the areas of making a difference in my community and leveraging my life so that Jesus would be known all over the world. And I thought those are, those are, those are the few things that I'm going to be faithful in. Um, and when I get to 40, if, if Jesus says to me at 40, Hey, well done, your walk with me, your marriage, your parenting, um, trying to live in spiritual community. I said it on Sunday. I'm not a very good friend. I'm still learning how to do that. I, um, I love Jesus. I love my family. I love ministry. That kind of places spiritual community uh, in fifth place. And sometimes like there's not even a fifth lane in my race. It just goes. So I'm, I'm trying to learn to do better there. I have some great friends. I have some friends that are better friends to me than I am to them. I'm working on that. I, I'm hoping to get better in that in my 40s for 50. Um, but if Jesus said you've made a difference, your community has felt my hands because you're in it. Um, and the world certainly knows, um, that you care about them and you want them to know Jesus and feel his ministry. If I get to 40 and that could be said of me, um, I'm good. I'm, I'm going to live, I'm going to live my life for that standard, faithful in a few things. And I, I think it now 43. So not, you know, not just a decade of my life, 30 to 40, but now a decade of journey, 33 to 43. Um, I would say in most of those things, i I feel like God would say, you know more good job than bad job i've been pretty focused and intentional on those things and got a long way to go in all of them but man i've come a long way um from where i was at 30 looking around thinking holy cow how did i um how did i get here i think i mistaked my way to 30 and god's been real gracious but i've not been real intentional
1: i appreciate you being transparent i think that's another reason why uh, people have um come to our church. You know, we've been talking about come and see. I think people have known that you've been real. Our staff has been real about being real people, right. trying to live real Christian lives with families, um, trying to be the best husband, father, friend that they can be. So uh, I appreciate your your transparency of how Scripture helped transform your life. Yeah. And now you're trying to live it out. So yep. that's what we're hoping to equip people by listening to this podcast. Uh, you you talk about the greatest journey and you lay out the mission of Jesus followers love Jesus serve others reach the lost uh, you make an important uh, important statement following this and you say this you say i do this as a pastor because of my gifting and calling but not because I'm a pastor. Well, why is this important for every listener to understand?
0: Yeah, so people say, well, it's easy for you to love Jesus and serve others and reach a loss. Like, that's your job. Like, you're, because you're a pastor. And it's like, no, no, no. no. That's my responsibility because I'm a Christian. Um, the only reason my job is as a pastor is one, because I feel like God has very specifically called me to invest my entire life in the kingdom and not to, not to have a secular job. But if, if, if and as God allows, to let ministry, um, in every moment of every day be, be my job so that I can help others do these three things. I think that's, that's my calling and gifting is to teach and preach scripture. Um, the Ezra 710, Ezra 710 is my life first to, to love God's law, to study it, to do it and to teach it. I mean, I, I think that's who God made me to be. I absolutely love the Bible. I am in love. I, I cannot wait every day to read the Bible. I love the Bible. I love learning it. I love trying to follow it because every time I follow it, my life is better than when I don't follow it. And I love to teach it because I believe it is like I, I believe it's the golden goose, man. Like I believe it is the key to everything in life. And I believe it's my job to teach it in a way that equips people to, to live their life the way God has called them to live their life. But uh my my job description as a Christian is to love Jesus, serve others. And reach the lost. That's not my job description as a, as a pastor. And I think some people say, oh, like Christian and Ryan do that. Like my job description is just like go to church and tithe. It's like, no, 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 no. Every follower of Jesus is commanded to love Jesus, serve others, um, and reach the lost. And I think, I think it's a real important distinction. I mean, I like, I almost, I almost left formal ministry because I didn't think I could be a pastor and a good Christian because I thought a pastor kept me too busy. To be a normal Christian, a normal Christian, I felt like had more time to love Jesus, serve others and reach the lost than a guy trying to organize and do ministry in a church. And I had to have a hard reset seven years into our church because, you know, at at 30, I, I broke away from being shackled by the day to day ministry of a local church so that i could pursue jesus as a faithful christian and it's seven years into our church because we moved into a building that was way too small for our church and so many people came seven years in years five years six and seven of our church felt like the old me and i on my sabbatical had to say man like do i do it can i can i do ministry And be a great Christian. Because if I can't, I don't want to do ministry. I want to be a great Christian. To me, they are, they are totally separate. Uh, but what I've realized is good ministry flows from being a good Christian. So to have another hard reset and say, nope, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start another accountability group. I'm gonna start a men's group. I'm gonna take time for friends, which means I will say no to way more ministry requests than I ever have. So I can say yes to relationship and community um, with, you know, with just a few, like, like every, I mean, no one's got a hundred best friends. Um, you can't expect a pastor to um, like for me, being a pastor oftentimes competes with the simple day-to-day task of being a follower of Jesus. So uh, I don't think a pastor makes it easier. I actually think sometimes it makes it harder. So for me, I constantly have to fight to be a great follower of Jesus and I know that that will make me an effective minister for Jesus.
1: So if you heard Pastor Christian right there, as he talked about being a follower of Jesus, love Jesus, serve others, reach the lost. Yeah. That ought to be every day. what you do every day. Every day. Very simple. Um, put Write that in your Bible if you haven't. Write that somewhere you can see that. Love Jesus, serve others, reach the lost. Uh, while unpacking Matthew 25... You share 26, 28, 30. You kind of highlight these. You you make two statements. I want to share those. The first one was Jesus' words for those who do not use their lives to benefit his kingdom were, yeah. were direct. They are pretty direct, harsh, and shocking words. And at the very least, they were attention-grabbing. And then secondly, you said Jesus is looking to invest in people who will invest in the kingdom. Yeah. This is a huge theme of this chapter of Matthew. Can you reiterate this for your listeners because it is so important?
0: Yeah, Jesus didn't pull punches. He called those who receive things for God that can be used. He called those who receive things from God that could be used for God, who did not use them for God, wicked, lazy, worthless, like, like, whoa, like he was not your friendly neighborhood pastor, like, holy cow. And what we realize is God's on a mission. You know, I, t- I talked to our staff today as we did some vision for 2022. Like, I I believe with all my heart from the first page of Genesis from to the last page of Revelation that God has been in pursuit of relationship with humanity and desires that his glory be seen through his people, how they live their life, how they leverage their life. And like he ain't playing around. And Matthew 25 is a very clear picture of that. Matthew 25 is a divide. We'll be there. Like, we're teaching through the book of Matthew slowly. We're pausing for a little bit of vision, then we'll jump right back into Matthew chapter 9, the first week of October. So sometime in 2022, 2023, we'll teach through Matthew 25. What we're gonna learn is there is a clear division of those who live for Jesus and those who don't. And there are clear distinctions for how to live for Jesus well. And one of them is you take the things that He's given you, and you use them for the kingdom of God. That's what faithful followers of Jesus do. And those who take the things he's given you and you don't use them for the kingdom of God. His words, not mine, wicked, worthless, lazy. Maybe we could summarize it by selfish. Just like, dude, this is not about, this is not about you. You, and it's interesting, we looked a little bit at that word interest in the message. You know, at least leave it in the bank and let it earn some interest. Like, at least, I mean, let something happen for the benefit of the kingdom. We said, whose interest are you living for? Who are you interested in? What What are you interested in? Are you interested in what Jesus wants in the world or what you want for the world? Are you interested in how Jesus wants to use your life or how you want to use your life? Are you interested in how Jesus and his church can be benefited or how you can be benefited? Like... Jesus is very, very clear and I think we have to be very, very clear because it would, it would not be fair for a pastor to send people to eternity without telling them that they could have this conversation with Jesus. Where he's like, wicked, wicked, lazy, worthless. Why'd you use your whole life for you? Our job is to tell people, hey, there are two conversations you can have with Jesus. One is the well done one. You'd feel really, really good about that one. One is the wicked, worthless, you're going to feel really, really bad about that one. You have a choice. Make, make a choice to let your life be about the things that interest Jesus and, and his kingdom and his bride and his church.
1: Yeah. It's a real spiritual check that you've got to think through. And, and our hope is, is that you'll do that as we have to do that on a regular basis also. Yeah. Um, clarification i think we'll be in matthew 25 in about the year 2030 that's possible <laughs> well, yeah pace, try, the pace, pace on our pace the pace we're going to, but that's yeah. okay our people love it we're we're could studying yeah it could be a yep. while. well that's good we're learning a yep. lot we have a listener question that i thought i would ask you uh, we love it when we get uh, questions from our listeners it was this how do you give jesus your worries as a business owner responsible for his business his team and family and and how do you keep from feeling selfish for working hard mm-hmm when all you would really like to do is impact this generation and the next for Jesus.
0: So I think this is a I think this is a really really good practical question to balance the content and the direction of the last two weeks of vision that have been like like leverage your life, give give it all to Jesus because there are people who are like I would like to I want to give I want to give more for Jesus and his kingdom but like i 've got a family and i 've got a job and i 've got bills and f- for this i 've got a business and i 've got to take care of my my business. Um, how do I do that without without probably sitting down and having a face to face conversation for an hour it 's hard to speak to certain things, but I think there are some parameters that um, that fit everyone um, first, you have to realize the primary ministry that Jesus has called you to so w- we we talk today in our staff time. Um, about there's no such thing as like family time and ministry time. There's only priority ministry time and secondary ministry time for the, for the ministry team at our staff, you know, uh, Jimmy Dodd, who's the president. And founder a pastor serve who's my pastoral coach helped me understand years ago it's not family or ministry family is ministry actually family is priority ministry so when you're at home you're doing your priority ministry, and anytime you step away, you are doing your secondary ministry so so you have to do your priority ministry first. you have been called by God if you're a follower of Jesus to make sure that you have good a good personal walk with Jesus to make sure that your marriage is a picture of how Jesus loves you to make sure that you parent your kids in this Deuteronomy six, train them up to know who Jesus is. Um, and to make sure you live in spiritual community and you, and you serve the world. Like those are the non-negotiables of being a follower of Jesus. The question is, what does it look like for us to do that? Well, so I was at a leadership conference on the front end of starting our church actually talked about it. Um, Today, it was at Saddleback Church in um, Anaheim, California. It was actually a catalyst one day, so a different event than the Radicalis event that I was at with uh, Pastor Craig Groeschel out of Oklahoma, Pastor Andy Stanley um, out of Atlanta. And it was a thousand church planners, And someone asked Andy, they were doing a Q and A with the audience, "Hey, um, I'm getting ready to start a church. How do I make sure that I that I conduct my schedule in such a way that, like, I leave time for my family?" And Andy said, when do you start your church? And the guy's like, oh, it's like so-and-so in the future. And he said, okay, good. Um, you asked the wrong question. So he said, here's the question you should have asked. He said, if I was starting a church all over again, and he gave those priorities, um, how much time do you need for your walk with God to be good? How much time do you need to pour into your marriage? How much time do you need to pour into your kids? How much time do you need for spiritual community? How much time do you need um, to serve your community um, and to serve the world? Like once you set up what your life needs to look like, to be a productive christian then you give the rest of the time to your to your church And he said the question is not how much time do i leave for my family the question is how much time do i leave for my church after i have decided what healthy christianity looks like so for this listener i would say you need to step back and say what do, when i am at my best spiritually what does it look like what does my personal quiet time look like what's my personal prayer time look like um Are my best weeks spiritually, weeks I'm at church or not at church? Are they weeks I'm serving at church or not serving at church? Are they weeks I'm in my men's group or not in my men's group? And if your best spiritual weeks are filled with those, are your best years a year you go on a mission trip or don't go on a mission trip? Are your best quarters the quarters you serve in the community, a Saturday, a quarter, or don't serve in the community? Once you figure out what is your spiritual best, you need to plan your life that way. And then you need to shape your business around that. So that you can be a healthy business leader and a healthy Christian and a healthy dad and a healthy husband and a healthy friend and a healthy community member. So that's one of the parameters. Write up your best spiritual life and say, for me to live in this, how does that translate to business? And then I think from a rhythm perspective, we talk often about the natural rhythms of health that God gives us to live in those things that I just talked about. We have the scale of kind of four things, this this spirit of rest that God built into the Jewish calendar, um, depart daily, withdraw weekly, quiet quarterly, abandon annually, every day, sun up to sundown, like God gave us night so that we would stop. So do you stop every day to spend time with God, family, others? Um, withdraw weekly. Do you stop every week? To go spend time and worship, prayer and learning scripture on the first day of the week, like the early church, You're quiet quarterly. Do you s- stop everything in your life so you can just live in who Jesus is? Do you abandon annually? Are you going on family vacation? So I would say, I set my, I set my life personally, and then I set the rhythm of my week and my months and my quarter, and then financially, I try to live through. There's several different grids in scripture. Um, but kind of the the non negotiable worship grid of finances, not to be a Christian, but to honor God, is the first ten percent of your money, is is going to go to God's kingdom and His work. We believe that goes to the work of the the local church if the local church is doing the work of the great commandment and the great compassion and the great commission, which ours and so many in our community uh, are trying to do. Um, Joseph gives us a standard as he tries to protect. Um, the people of Egypt from a famine of saving up to 20%. Um, so if you're just looking at financially, how do you structure your business, how you structure your life? Well, you work in such a way that 10% goes to God and 20% goes to your future. And then you probably pay your taxes and do whatever you need to do with paying your taxes. And then whatever's left, you have to organize your life around that. And if you say, well, um, that doesn't allow me to depart daily and all weekly and quite quarterly and abandon annually. Probably I scale back. That doesn't allow me to have time to be in the Word every day and be in a men's group and go to church every Sunday. Then you better scale back. Like seek for Matthew 6:30. Seek first the kingdom of God and all His righteousness, um, and everything else is going to come after. Set your walk with Jesus. Set your healthy rhythms. Let your finances support those. And then just trust God and live your life. But so often it's backwards. Like we figure out how much money we have to make to survive. And that does not allow us to depart daily, withdraw weekly, quiet, quarterly, abandon annually. And that does not allow us to have daily time with Jesus, weekly time in church, weekly time with spiritual community. And it's like we, we cannot. That's why God says you can't worship God in money. Like one of them is going to be your God. So you got to choose which one, which one comes first. It's a great question. From a great heart, I want to serve God more. You don't have to give your whole life to God. Um, I mean, you do, but you, if you're like a businessman, you don't have to give you know, 168 hours of your week to ministry. But you do have to give a portion of every day to Jesus. And you do have to put Jesus first in your marriage and first with your kids. And I do believe you have to honor the Sabbath. And I do believe you um, have to honor spiritual community. And I do believe you have to serve your community. And I do believe you should serve. The, well, like, I believe, as a businessman work 55, 60 hours a week, those things are all those things are more important than your job. So figure out your faith life and then try to manage your family, your schedule and your finances in a way that's that support that. It's hard, but if you just be diligent in it, you can begin to slowly work your way backwards.
1: Great advice for a business person, um for um any any individual. Those are Man, great biblical advice to listen into. If you have a question, we'd love to hear from you. You can send it to activate at cc. We love to help and equip people. Uh, our discipleship tracks kicked off. This week, we're really excited about how God's already been working. Pastor Mike and his team, he's got a great uh, team that's been pouring into that, that you helped get started back in January. But uh, our scripture track kicked off, our Jesus track, our life track, and our leadership track. All four of them have kicked off, so we're really excited about that. But the the fourth track that we've been highlighting, right, the leadership track, where we Mm -hmm. really hope to help uh, lead people to, to take what they've learned and share it with somebody else. So as as we've been doing lately, what from this message would you want our audience to share with someone?
0: Yeah, so before I do that, you give credit uh, to where credit is due. You said I put together that team for Mike. Ryan, that was your team that you had shepherded and loved. Um that discipleship team was a team that has been small group leaders and care group leaders and um, next step spiritual care leaders in our church because they saw your heart for it, they saw your hands for it, and they saw that you needed help, and they came alongside you and said, like, we are we are all in to multiply the ministry of, of Ryan Holt and what he's doing. They were easy to grab because you primed their hearts and you brought their gifts to the surface. Um, so, you know, as we look at a lot of things in our church – a lot of things have the fingerprints of different people on them and our, our new discipleship ministry has the fingerprints of spiritual care and discipleship. Um, and I, I know you and I probably our favorite thing, if we could, if we worked a 45 hour week and those were 45 one hour meetings with people, discipling people like it'd be the greatest thing, um, ever. You've multiplied that spirit over and over and over in our church. Um, so I, I appreciate you priming the pump for what's Thank happening you. now. Cause, cause it's exciting. The, like the one thing. So I think the easiest discipleship thing, if you're leaning into someone else and trying to multiply your faith is the question that I had our ministry team pray through today. Um, Jesus would love to look at your life and say, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful. Um, what area of your life would he not say that about the last month? Very specifically your walk, your marriage, your parenting, um, your soul care of people around you. So what I would call your shepherding and your testimony. Like I, if I was discipling someone, um, I would take them out and say, okay, like our goal, our goal is to one day have Jesus uh, look at us and say, well done, good and faithful. sir. you've been faithful with a few things. The few things that are most important are our walk with Jesus. If we're married, our marriage, if we have a family, our kids, uh, in the community, caring for those around us. And sharing our testimony. So I just write those one to five. Uh, in which area of those things in 2021 would Jesus say, you've done a really good job? And in which of those areas could he probably not say that in? Identify those, grow in those, go do those. That, that to me is the easiest. Like life on life discipleship moment. Let's get real. Let's have a conversation. Then and then as a discipler, the next month I'm going to wrap back around with those low areas, and I'm going to say how to. I'm going to help someone build a plan. That hey, in my marriage. In my family, in my testimony, and caring for others, I don't think Jesus would say, "Well done." I would say, "Okay," I would help them develop a plan for those things, and then the next month when we had our discipleship time, I would just say, "How, how did those go?" And I would I try to coach them through those experiences. That that is the easiest kind of um, you know knock of the dominoes for discipleship with this week's content. Good word. As a reminder,
1: our ten year anniversary. Thank you for uh, faithfully being with us. Uh, so many great listeners. And uh, we're really uh, hopeful and prayerful that this continues to be a tool that will encourage you and help you grow in your faith. Uh, Pastor Christian, thanks as always for sharing great insight. Thank you for ten years. Uh, man, it's been a it's been a really great ride. Uh, thank you for for listening today. As always, we're glad that you've tuned in. We hope you'll share this with someone, uh, utilize it as a tool to help uh, minister to and disciple someone else. As always, if you're here in town, we'd love to uh, have you come and be a part of one of our Sunday morning services. Um, we, uh, Man, we look forward to catching you next time on the Activate podcast, where we challenge you to build a faith that is active.
0: Thank you for joining us for this episode of Activate. We would love for you to join us in person for one of our weekly worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. Help us get the word out about this resource. You can do so by subscribing, reviewing, and sharing this episode on your favorite social media platform. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.